What's up, everybody? Mike Caluzzi here, Pro Tips to Grow Your Business. As you know, I am a business owner, entrepreneur, and business coach who helps people uncover their confusion and frustration, particularly associated with things like career transitions, which can be so overwhelming and frustrating to people as they move through their career. So you can find me at mikecaluzzi.com, or you can shoot me an email at mike at mikecaluzzi.com, and you could set up a free consult where we could talk about your situation and see how I may be able to help you through that process. So I appreciate you tuning in today. And I am really excited to share uh, a great podcast with a guy who I find really, really impressive, particularly in the world of online marketing, okay, branding, and his own uh, amazing podcast episodes that he puts through. So he is S.A. Grant, and he is coming live from what part of Georgia are you from? Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, S.A. is just, like I said, an amazing guy. Now, if you look at the backstory and you, and you learn more about him, you'll see that, as he says in his bio, he's a recovering workaholic, which you find it impossible not to realize that he's still not a workaholic with the amount of output he puts out on a regular basis. But he had suffered through some personal adversity, um, some health challenges that made him have to refocus and retool his life and he has turned himself around to make a better man for himself he is the host of boss uncaged podcast he is the ceo of cerebral 360 a design and marketing agency and brand growth strategist consultant with sa at sagrant.com he has over 21 years experience to help aspiring business owners and entrepreneurs to create creative strategies so that you can create revenue, brand awareness, and a, a successful marketing strategy for your business. So SA, thanks to, for being on the show today. Well, the pleasure is mine, Mike. I mean, I definitely, I think having you on my show, we getting to know each other over the past couple of months. It was definitely, I, I love when I have opportunity to, to return to favor and be on a guest's show. So looking forward to this. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And like I, guys, like I was saying from the very beginning, I mean, SA has an amazing energy, you know, his, his website, bossuncaged.com. You go on his YouTube page, boss uncaged. You know, you're going to find just somebody who plays, you know, puts major attention to the detail. Right. And it's so obvious. So SA, just like to kind of get right into it as far as Letting people know, right, particularly people who are contemplating, um, you know, going out on their own, running, their, starting their own business um, and, and looking into the world of entrepreneurship. Obviously, podcasting is a big, big component of that. Give people, you know, really like an insider's view from a pro on what that looks like as far as the mechanics of putting it together, you know, the time commitment, you know, the planning share a little bit about your journey and, and some of that insight if you could. Yeah. I mean, I would look at it like, you know, business is business, podcasting is podcasting and it sounds very relative, but I mean, everything comes down to like these core principles, right? Creating a system. Like that's the first thing that I would say, if you're going to do anything in business, if you have a system behind it and then second to that, it's like, how do I automate that system? 
Then third after that is like obviously you want you want to make revenue, but primarily you need to figure out these things that way these dominoes will fall into place. Because if they don't fall into place, that's when you start hitting the hurdles. That's when you start getting the heart attacks and the strokes like I did. You start pulling out your hair because you're running yourself ragged. So first thing and foremost is find something that you, you love doing, systematize the hell out of it, and then automate it. Hmm. So when you talk about automation, is that things that you talk is that something that you uh, work with other people or you do it internally uh, amongst yourself share a little you know more about that yeah. as far as how it plays out in your world so it's funny that you exit i mean today i had a call with a client right and originally the client was looking for our general services and you know maybe 20 years ago i would have jumped on it but to just send out a regular estimate or invoice and be like hey let's start working we have a team of vas we can do this work for you but you know over the years i've just learned like usually when a client comes to you they're just coming to you because they're just trying to get something done, but they really don't know what they want to get done. So as a growth strategist, what I've put into place is uh, if you're familiar with the lean canvas model and I put that in front of them and I want them to start thinking and I'll give them 12 questions in a form. I want them to fill them out. And, I, and again, I know they're not going to answer every single question, but by the time they answer at least half those questions, whatever they wanted me to do, they're rethinking that again. And then what we do is we do a recap session and we'll get on a conference call for about an hour and I'll go through like a growth matrix. I'll go through the growth strategies. I'll go through the, the lean canvas model and I'm saying, okay, this is where you are. This is where you're trying to get. And this is what you asked me to do. Whatever you asked me to do is probably on step four. Let's focus on what we should be doing. And in this case today, it was brand. Like she needed to work more on her branding. She needed to work more on her, 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 her copy, her strategy on who she wanted to communicate to, who she wanted to talk to versus just getting podcasts edited and creating podcast content. I, you know what? You make a great point. I, you know, when I talk to folks too, particularly, and I work with a lot of like service-based professionals, licensed professionals, folks who are, uh, you know, uh, in the corporate world, like C-level folks or senior management people, and, you know, a lot of their questions always revolve around, okay, KPIs, what are the, you know, what are the key product indicators, uh, production indicators that, you know, are going to relate to me? And I say, you know what, that's a great question. I said, it's very, very personal uh, to you in the sense of, I do very, this very same thing that you do. I have a very in-depth questionnaire mm -hmm. that gives people you know, it gives me honestly the real insight of where they all, where they line up overall. And so many times to your point, like why they originally made the call is very rarely, you know, the core reason or the core things that they need first. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and, and that's a very, you know, you, you see that all the time. Um, so, you know, when we talk about, you know, podcasting though, right? Because at one point, yeah, I know you said, you know, business is business, podcasting is podcasting. How is it that, you know, you intermingle the two? And then I would also love to learn a little bit more about your own personal journey about, you know, um, how you hit the wall. Because so many of us, I think, particularly when we're just getting started and we throw those blinders on, and there's literally no, in our minds, any, any diversion is just pure recipe for disaster. We don't understand that, you know, burnout is real, right? Mm -hmm. And things like that. So if you can, I know I touched on a couple of things there, yeah. but like spend some time, you know, to just impart in your wisdom and your experience on those topics. 
Yeah, so I mean, just pulling back from the original question and, and going into this question, I mean, but it's about automation and just about podcasting, being podcasting, and talking about my story. And I'll, I'll be able to do all of them in, in, in one like clear statement, right? I had a stroke in 2018 because essentially I was a workaholic. And in my journey, I was trying to figure out things. I was a creative person. And then, you know, later on, I realized that I was half analytical and half creative. And that made me think about, okay, how do I learn more about strategy? How do I learn more about development? How do I learn more about business? And I went on this journey and I had my company that was more of a design agency and graphic design, web design, social media, and so forth and so forth. And then I became a travel agent. Then I became an insurance agent. Then I got my series six because my other side of the brain was like, okay, you need to understand how to, how to manage money, how to move money around, how to get funding to help people with their websites presence. And I was like splitting myself in half and I was juggling all these things at the same time. I mean, at one point in time, my uh, actual insurance agency was up to 200 agents up and down the East Coast while running an actual marketing agency at the same time. So 2018, I had a stroke, and when I woke up in the hospital, I looked around, and my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, my parents were there, and my son, and I'm just kind of like, okay, what am I doing? You know, at the time, I had primary full custody of my son, went through a divorce battle, all in this time frame as well, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So my girlfriend at the time, she was like, well, it's time for you to start branding yourself. You've been branding other people. You've been the guy behind the curtain, kind of referencing Wizard of Oz. And it's time for you to kind of step out in the hot air balloon and just float, float your sails. So it took me about a year of recovering, a year of me getting my, my, my right side of my body to work the way it originally worked. Uh, I'm a native New Yorker, so it took me a while for me to speak the way I'm speaking right now. I had a, a slow, sudden drawer for about mm-hmm. nine months. It drove me absolutely crazy. So, right. So now I actually can speak like a New Yorker a year later, I'm back on my feet and I'm like, okay, how am I going to step in front of the limelight? What am I going to do to leave behind a legacy? How am I going to create all this information that I've gathered for the past 18 years and put it in a format that way my son, my daughter, grandkids, or any other entrepreneur that comes across my path can learn from me moving forward. And I was like, here's my, here's my time to shine. Do I become a YouTuber or do I become a podcaster? And at the time, I'm the guy behind the curtain, so I was like, yeah, YouTube is a little, probably a little bit taking it too far. Let me go with podcasting, because at least that way it's just my voice, and it's not me. Mm-hmm. And then the first year, kind of going into the automation side of things, was the first year was just me figuring out, like, what is a podcaster? What does podcasting really mean? And you hear this terminology, but you really don't understand what a podcaster is until you're really, I'll say, a year into podcasting. And when you figure out how to find the people for your show... When you figure out how to keep your show on schedule, when you figure out how to do editing, all these things are microsystems. And once you start figuring out, okay, these are systems, then I can automate some of these systems and I can leverage some of these systems. And once you get the you get this compounding effect, and then year two, you're like, holy shit, now I could monetize this. Now I can show other people how to do it. Year three, you're like, okay, now I'm interviewing more bigger household name brands, a larger reach way more content you start recycling content from year one and that's how you do it take these systems grow them impact them and scale mm-hmm. that's interesting so it's funny we kind of had a similar uh paths in the sense of you know i started uh my wife was always the big advocate for me where i was a lot like you the guy behind the scenes and very much right, left, you know, middle down the road, right brain, left brain. But I, I'm going to say to you, like, I think looking at your backdrop versus mine, I think I'm probably more left than you, man, because you're, you know, if you're split and you're all this color and dynamic, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm, 
I'm, I'm more left uh, brain than uh, I actually realize. You know, it's so funny. Although I love to write, and uh, you know, that's maybe where it comes out from me. But uh, you know, it was it was that uh, that awakening, right? And sometimes you do need someone. Well, in your case, obviously it was a stroke, but also you had you know your now wife kick you in the butt and say, "Hey, you know, you gotta you gotta step into your own power." And, yeah. and, 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 you know, you've touched upon something that I think is another huge takeaway for people who are really listening on what the entrepreneurial journey is about being the self-employed journey is all about. And that is, you know, you were, you were spreading yourself so thin with the idea of, oh my gosh, I have to be able to do this. I have to be able to do that. Like you said, mm -hmm. you wind up getting your, you know, your, I guess it was your series six license, you know, only begin your, for your insurance agency. Um, with this anticipatory, uh, you know, I guess, you know, concern that if you don't have them, that it's gonna mean failure. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I would think, I mean, one is being overachiever and two is, is kind of the one thing that if I could leave your audience with is figure out who better, who is better at what you want to do than you could ever be and either partner with them, befriend them or hire them. Right, one of right. those three. And so for me, being the guy behind the curtain and everyone was using me as the resource, as a being a resource, I wanted to make sure I had as many tentacles as I possibly can. And my tentacles were so split apart. I would get phone calls about leveraging contracts for an insurance for a company. And then I would get a call about DNS servers. And then I'll get a call about social media. And I'm like, the brain is designed to handle a lot. But if you think about like segmenting the brain on, I have to flip it on and off for every single call for different disciplines. It's no wonder I had a stroke. I mean, it was just kind of like it, your brain just can't handle that much at, at that magnitude for that long. I mean, I guess if you're looking at um, Tesla, then maybe he's probably the only person that I know right now that can juggle that many things and not have a stroke. Yeah, no. Well, he's a, he's he's a, he's a, he's an anomaly, that's for sure. But you know, you make a great point because I know for myself, I know you know I um, you know I still do some legal work, very limited. Cause I, cause there's really no way for me to do it really you know, an extended way because it's, it, it, I talk to people about, about this all the time to exactly your point, you know, making these seismic shifts that are so dramatic. Yes. You can, you know, like you said, you compartmentalize or you can put your brain into, you know, some way of, of, you know, just changing your focus, but to do things effectively, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate and, I, and a lot of the folks who I talk to now, in fact, I had just talked to a client who I was with over um, a few days ago where it's so many different directions. And I'm like, you've got to stop with all these different directions because it just wears you down. Focus on one thing get really, really good at it. Make that, rev make it a dra revenue driver for you, right? I mean, cause we all think that if we do all these things and then we create a little bit here, we create a little bit there, you know, then it will possibly cumulatively create revenue. And 
I think overall, when you're when you're on your own as a self-employed person or as an entrepreneur, you got to get like a laser, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, the, the phrase I use, and I don't know if I, I, I've never heard it before, but I kind of phrase, I call it purposeful intention. You've got to be have this extreme, focused, purposeful intention to drive, you know, to the, the the ball into the end zone with respect to the one thing, and then once that happens. You know, yeah, there'll be other opportunities that come up, but trying to do the build of multiple things simultaneously is just a recipe for uh, failure, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you, and I, I mean, I'm a living example of that. I mean, in today's world, I mean, I think a lot of people probably look at me and say I probably I'm probably stretched thin, but what they don't realize is that they had no idea how thinly I was stretched before. So like now, with all my systems in place and my automation and everything, it's underneath one brand. Like everything is underneath the Boston Cage brand. That in itself gives me the, the vision that I need. Like I'm not going to be, oh, real estate. Real estate's calling me, but yeah. no. Unless I could put a Boston Cage logo on that building, I'm not going into that space right now. So what's so what is the what's the growth trajectory for you that you plan as far as you know? Obviously, you have your you know Cerebral 360. Is that still running and operating and serving clients from the brand standpoint? From the brand standpoint, but that's the beautiful part about Boston Cage is like I'm slowly dissolving that Cerebral 360. And now Boston okay. Cage is becoming that. So Cerebral 360 was more a done-for-you service. Hey, you need a website? We can build it for you. Boston Cage is more of a boss-minded situation to where, hey, yes, we could build you a website. Well, let's talk about why you need a website. And then when you want that website, instead of just doing that done-for-you service website, Let's get you on the bandwagon to help brand, help market that website that you're, you're looking for. Let's get you, I got contacts with SEO, great. Let's get you, you, you like podcasts, let's start up a podcast. You like course development, let's help you with course development. So it's more of a strategy-driven um, play, and then Boston Cage feeds into that versus Cerebral, which is done for you services. I got you. So with Boston Cage, is that a driver? It's from a marketing component where the monetization comes from the brand awareness that people get through your podcast or is it where you're looking to ultimately monetize the podcast with respect to sponsorships or things like that how do you see your it growing in and i would love to even just share based upon your experience you know yeah. uh where you think the industry's going and how other folks may be looking can look at podcasting overall so for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a real big believer in having multiple pots of gold, right? And then kind of like diversification of, of your monetaries, right? So it doesn't mean that everything needs to come directly from the podcast, but the podcast could easily spawn out seven different monetized situations. And an example of that is I have a Boston Cage Academy, right? And that academy, it's a monthly reoccurring revenue model to where I could help people understand. Like, prime example, you asked me earlier on about how am I on all these platforms all at the same time and creating all this content? Well... It only makes sense if I'm going to teach someone, maybe I should put them into a situation to where other people are learning it with them at the same time, and they're just paying monthly dues to get access to that, right? In addition to that, well, I speak on stage, right? So if I can't sell from stage by default, I'm people are opting into my list, and then I'm marketing to them other courses, other things that, I'm, that I may have. And then again, I also have a staff of 15 VAs underneath my belt as well that is kind of taking the cerebral brand and pulling it apart 
And now I'm going for, hey, do you need a VA for 10 hours a week? Do you need a VA for 40 hours a week? And then we can help you create your website, create your marketing, create your podcast, do your editing and everything else in that model versus doing the done for you service and pay one time model that we had before. Have you seen the VA uh, industry? I mean, how have you seen a change uh, over the years? I mean, I, 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 um, I mean, I have my opinion, which I'm going to, I'd like to hear what, how, what your opinion has been, has been with respect to how that industry's changed over the years for the better, for the worse, more, you know, more connected. What's your experience been? I think it, it, it's like anything else. It's two sides to, to the coin, right? I mean, just like agencies, like if you go back to Mad Men, right? I mean, agencies, give them a million dollars and they'll create you a video ad for television, that is kind of overdrawn into the point to where unless you're on Fortune 500 level to where there's capital millions of dollars every single month that's being added to that marketing budget, it doesn't make sense. So if you're more of a, of a small mom and pop, and I'm saying mom and pop, you know, you could be earning $100 million annually and you can still be considered a mom and pop, but you need access to certain things and you may not want to hire someone full time. And again, freelancers are kind of... Mm, some freelancers are seasoned. Why would you try to go through trying to season someone when you could hire an agency that specializes in virtual assistance? That's where the model is right now and where it's going to continue to grow. Because, again, you could hire an agency and use one VA for five days and say, hey, I need someone to edit video. Hey, I need someone to actually edit a podcast. I, I need somebody to create me a logo and go through this agency and switch out your VAs at any given time. So are you, so you're, are you plugging in through your uh, Boss Uncage brand to uh, provide a VA agency as well? Or is that something that you're, I see, that's, a, that's a, that's a good thing to know. So that's the, that's, that's the rollover, right? So think about it. I, I'm interviewing individuals that uh, some of them are high profile, some of them are startup. We're having this conversation. We're making a connection. I'm not selling anything. They're not selling anything to me. At the end of the podcast, we may or may not have a friendship. But the bottom line is they have my email. I have their email. They're on my Facebook. I'm on their Facebook, LinkedIn. And the, the content is flowing back and forth. So if right. I decide to publish a book, if I just say, hey, raise my hand and I send out an email, I'm more than likely they're, they're going to be more inclined to open up that email. Right. And that 100%. email is talking to them about, hey, essay. The host of Boston Cage has a VA service that can help you do X, Y, and Z. They're more inclined to at least put it in their back pocket or at least communicate or at least say, hmm, let me set up a time to get on a conference call with him. Right, right. And and do you find with your clients, uh, like, their, what's their level of familiarity with VAs? I mean, because it's been in the entrepreneurial space now for quite a while. I mean, I remember you know, probably back in uh, like 2013, 2012, you know, when I was uh, getting more to do more of the social media type content and things like that. Uh, that was the first time I got introduced to this concept, the VAs, you know, was, was um, um, but do you feel that like how folks say, for example, who are calling, calling into you or coming from different you know, verticals, uh, do you find that most of the people are familiar with the concept of VAs or are you oftentimes educating them about what they are? I think it's kind of like the whole NFT thing. Everyone kind of hears the terminology, they but they're really they not sure what it is. So being a growth strategist, it gives me opportunity to explain to them. And, and I could, and again, I've had agencies and I've been in agency world and I've worked with VAs and I've been in the VA world. And when I'm looking at the leveraging of it, I was like, well, 
think about if you're hiring an employee and you may have to pay that graphic designer $80,000 plus benefits plus everything else, or you could hire us and maybe spend a fraction of that and not have to deal with all the extra stuff. And it also will be a complete write-off as well, too. Even though employees can't be a write-off, you're, you're purchasing a service, which you, then you could write off 100%. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a different mentality. and It's a different strategy. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that people are getting, um, they're getting more comfortable and trusting that VA process? Um, I, I think it comes down to the brand, right? I mean, if, if prime example, if Steve Jobs came to you and say, hey, guys, we have a new academy to teach people how to build computers, everyone's going to raise their hand. So building up your brand equity, in my case, as a podcast provider, or as a podcast host, and then with the quantity and the quality that I produce on a regular basis, and then all the things that I'm posting on a given moment all the time, people start to look and be like, okay, well, he's actually doing it. So he knows what he's talking about, but he also has the branding and the growth strategy to back it up. So my agents that I have, I look at them just like I do with my travel agency or with my insurance agency. I look at them as agents. I don't really look at them as employees. I look at them as self-sustained agents, and then they all have their own specialties. So when I deliver the vision, I know exactly who to communicate that vision to to get that job done. Now, that's, that's interesting. So with respect to your, your say, your model client, what, what would you say, um, the type of, is there a specific industry or a certain type of business itself, wherein it seems like it's, it's a good sweet spot for the client that you serve best? Yeah, so I have an overlap of two clients. On one hand is speakers, coaches, course creators, content creators. That's one bubble. On the other side is more kind of like startup corporate. And, I, and right now, actually, my sales teams is working to target this particular individual. And I can tell you exactly who he is. He's John. And John is essentially owns a startup company. He owns a tech company, but he's not really tech savvy 100%. He's more of an investor. He understands that if he puts money into this company, the SaaS platform can grow, and then he can sell that SaaS platform. So by me stepping into that space, understanding the finance, understanding the marketing, understanding the business, I can communicate with that individual very clearly, and then I can delegate to my team to help his team, his startup company, get to the next level. That is one of my secondary ideal clients. That's, that's good. That's very interesting stuff. So guys, we're talking to S.A. Grant. And as you can see, as if you, or you've been listening, hearing this, whether you're listening to it, uh, you know, on the podcast or watching it live, you could see and hear that, you know, we're talking to somebody who is very seasoned uh, in the entrepreneurial space, understanding what's required uh, at an intimate level to, on how to juggle all of the aspects of, of being a business owner. Um, and, um, and it's so important to have people like S.A., people like myself on your team as you're going into this realm or if you're hitting roadblocks, right? And, uh, you know, SA, even speaking with you, like, I mean, can you share, you know, some of the, maybe one of the roadblocks that you hit, you know, you know that you've had to overcome? Uh, obviously you had this gigantic one, i.e. your stroke, right? But, but even just things that are more, palatable or or relatable to you know say another entrepreneur out there that like a recent story which you know your collective experience kind of allowed you to get beyond which maybe essay from 10 years ago would have 
head it would have exploded. Yeah, I think I think primarily with entrepreneurs is which is different in corporate America. I mean, corporate America has money to burn to a certain extent, and in entrepreneurs, our time and efforts need to be compounded a lot faster and a lot quicker. So perfection does not work as well, right? Corporate America, they can kind of put money into it to make it perfect, but as a, as an entrepreneur, you have to get it done, test the market, get responses, see what people like, what they don't like. And that's how you can kind of turn and burn a product a lot quicker. I mean, think of it like Facebook. If Facebook didn't create what he did originally was in, inside of a college and it was essentially a rating system. And then it grew from that, but he tested it in that particular market sector. And then it went from one college right. to another college. And then it went from colleges to like universities and it kept building and building and then it became a world thing. But he didn't start out and say, you know what, I'm gonna create this platform to integrate it on a global scale right away, right off bat. He may have had that in the foresight, but he targeted college students first and it wasn't perfect. If you look at, if you can go to like um, Time Machine and, and look at the original Facebook to where it is right now, night and day difference. Night and day difference, functionality, look and feel, and just the algorithm runs completely different and the algorithm changes on damn near hourly basis at this point. But then and now it's two different things and he understood that. Right. Well, you make a great point. And I, I, I often talk to uh, my clients about that and folks who I speak to on the reg and I implement myself, you know, we, we um, particularly when you have someone coming from say a corporate background or a more professional background where the mindset is still, they're going into the entrepreneurial space and then the, but the mindset is still very much geared towards a more traditional uh, business framework and um, you know, you, uh, people start applying and I know I, I mean I've done it you know where I would apply more traditional business principles not being as nimble uh, you know I would uh, you know how many and I'm sure so many the people I know like you know they start their business what are the first thing they do is they you know they just start spending money mm-hmm. right with the idea of you know the build it and they will come model Whereas an entrepreneur, you can't live in that space. You got to test it, see if it works, you know, nurture it, fine tune it, right? And then, and not really ever be totally, you know, 100%, I would say commit to the process, you know, obviously, but but understand that the tactical approach is going to change. And even maybe what the ultimate uh, product is going to change slightly based upon what feedback you get. I totally agree with you. I mean, just from a podcasting standpoint, my first year, I was so concerned about having enough people to be on the show. And obviously, I've had businesses and I worked, so I had a large Rolodex. But even in the podcasting space, nobody knew me in that space. So you may have half your population that's going to be like, sure, I'll support him. The other half of the population is like, I'll wait and see what he does first. Mm -hmm. So then you start to get concerned with, I want to make sure I can deliver a certain amount of episodes per month. So I started off with two episodes per month. And then by the time I got to about six months in, we went to four episodes per month. And then I was like, all right, cool. I got this. I'm leveraging it. I can stay on this schedule. And then year two came to, and I was like doing three, four episodes a day. And it got to the point to where now we're probably backlogged by 150 episodes versus we just released our 130th episode. So like now, like getting the right people on my show is not really a concern anymore. And then, then you start to look at the systems behind that. You start realizing that there's podcast recruiters and there's online platforms and you learn about the industry. And it was like, why was I concerned about getting people when there's, an, uh, there's billions of people? 
there's almost impossible for you not to get someone on your show. Hundred percent. I I know I will I will be again first to raise my hand. I I, I started a podcast back in 2018, and I shelved it because I didn't have the belief. And I remember I hired somebody who was going to help me launch it. And I spent a ton of money, right? And it was all, um, so much of it was, uh, the process was manufactured or the, comp the, the, the complexity of it all mm -hmm. was in a way kind of manufactured in my head because I was still very much of that mindset, which you mentioned earlier, if it's not perfect, can't do it. And it, sh and it, and it put me way behind the eight ball until recently. I mean, I just started this just a few months ago, right. With, um, with the idea where I literally got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Cause I have my VA and I was initially starting with the idea of, Hey, can I get on people's podcasts? And it was just, and it was fine. You know, I got a chance to meet you and a few other people, but it was fading quickly. The minute I said, I said, screw it. I'm starting my own. I got the, within when I, one afternoon, I was up running, rocking and rolling. And then, you know, you know, and I realized, hey, there are services out there that are affordable that I can bring people on. And now we're booked through August, right? So I think the thing is, and to the point, your point is that, you know, we, 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 we tend to, uh, put so many self-imposed obstacles as far as what has to happen in order to actually make it work. When just get started, it's gonna be clumsy, it's gonna be whatever, who cares? Just get out there. Yeah, I think the you more know? clumsier you are, the better. Cause I mean, you gotta <laughs> think about it, like people enjoy seeing your journey and it kind of goes back to storytelling. They like to see when your camera was grimy and you had no merch and your, your lights were jacked up. And then they fast forward a year or two later and it's kind of like, wow, I remember when this guy or gal was like right. in, in the basement in the dungeon and, and they were like, you know, they didn't even have a camera. They couldn't even afford a camera. So, I mean, like, I think that, that, that builds the loyalty as well. Yeah. Well, listen, I know we're getting close to wrapping up because I'd like to keep it close to 30 minutes. So do me a favor, if you could just take a few moments right now to just, you know, talk to the folks, tell them, you know, again, how they can connect with you, who you're who you're looking to serve. If you have anything that you would want to offer, here's your shot. Yeah, so to communicate with me, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. You could just go into Google and type in Boston Cage and we should dominate the first three to four pages. Like that, that if that's not there, then you need to let me know about it. But, <laughs> and then second to that would just be sagrant.com. And that's kind of like, like my catch all. There's some Boston Cage on there. There's some growth strategy on there. There's some general marketing. Um, as far as free things, if you go to sagrant.com on that homepage, there's a, a quick little form right there. You can fill it out. And then I think I deliver like a seven day program that kind of helps you with growth strategies. And then by all means, if you want to, I would definitely go to podcast.bossandcage.com and listen to the podcast. Let me know what you think. Yeah. So guys, and then also, you know, if you are looking for how to, you know, how to scale your business and leverage, as SA was saying, you know, like a VA agency, he's a good guy to connect with. So obviously I put all the connections um, and all the contact information in the show notes. SA, thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate it um, very much. 
And uh, guys, thank you for tuning in. And again, Mike Kaluzzi here, Pro Tips to Grow Your Biz. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.